been talking for the uh, last several weeks about the home. God give us Christian homes. Uh, my contention is that God has given us everything we need to have Christian homes. The rest of it depends on our cooperation. Uh, having a Christian home or having a godly home uh, it's not going to happen by magic or osmosis, right? It's not going to just because you wake up one day, uh, things are going to be more like God would want them. But we listen to what God has told us, and we take advantage of the resources that he provides in the church and in our home, and that's how we have Christian homes. When people abandon the Bible and they discount God's authority for their lives, it's just natural that they won't have Christian homes. They won't have godly homes. And so uh, we've been trying to spend some time thinking about uh, what God has said about particular aspects of the home. Last week, we talked about parenting. And I want to, I told you last week there was, I mean, there's, I could probably talk for a month about it uh, just based on all the Bible has to say about it. But I told you last week that I would not be able to get to everything I wanted to. So I want to uh, go back into parenting today. What I've done is I called last week, I just said Parenting 101, right? So this is an advanced class. Uh, after you've taken 101, then you can take Parenting 201. So quick review of things we looked at last week. Um, Parents, I said, according to the Bible, have a responsibility to instruct their children. There must be teaching. Now, learning in a Christian home is just part and parcel of being a Christian if you're an individual, if you're married, or whether or not, whether or not you have children. But certainly, if you do have children, then it is the parent's responsibility to instruct, to teach the young people how they ought to go, how God would have them to live their lives. And so they have to tell them. They have to... They have to take them into the Bible and tell them the right things. Uh, but instruction by itself is not enough. Parents also have to model. So we talked about that, you know, the do as I say, not as I do kind of approach. That's not a Christian approach. According to the Bible, parents are supposed to show their children the right things. God expects leaders to do that in general, but he certainly expects leaders in the home to do that. So we have instruction and we have modeling. And the last thing we talked about was the idea of discipline. Parents are expected to discipline their children. And discipline includes a lot of things, by the way. Uh, discipline does include the verbal telling. Discipline does include the showing. But it also includes restraint when someone may get away from the teaching, get away from the example. And we see that God punished uh, Eli, in part because he failed to restrain his children. He failed to restrain his children. Uh, and so this week, what I wanted to think about more is this idea of discipline. And this, as I said, is, uh, it's an advanced class because I, I think that those basic principles have to be remembered when you talk about discipline, at least the aspect that I want to think about tonight, which is corporal punishment, corporal punishment, physical punishment or spanking. Uh, people's attitudes about spanking children have changed quite a bit. Uh, it used to be very normal. I remember a time where children still would be spanked in the classroom even. Uh, you didn't have to be a person's parent, you're just a person in a position of authority. And it was sort of accepted that physical punishment was, 
was a part of restraining children. And there probably are some good reasons for that, but that has changed. It's changed so much that not only would you, would you be alarmed if you saw uh, a, a teacher uh, spanking a child, but nowadays people would be alarmed if you see a parent spanking a child. Like nowadays, if a parent were to use a physical kind of punishment to corral their children in the open, they should expect, and I have seen this happen, they should expect that someone will call the police on them. I have seen that happen. Uh, and so I just point out that our paradigm, as far as this goes, has changed a great deal. And there are people with degrees and writing books and so forth who might tell you that it is wrong, that it teaches violence and things like that to spank your child. Let me make this uh, distinction very clear before I go any further. There is a world of difference between spanking a child and abusing a child. There is a world of difference. I would never, never suggest that a child ought to be hit in anger. I would never suggest that a child ought to be spanked because the parent is upset. Those are not godly reasons to put your hands on another person. But the Bible has a lot to say about spanking. And if we think God knows a little something about parenting and raising children, then we ought to be worried about what he says more than what somebody else has to say. He's got more children than any of us. And I think he knows a little something about raising them. So that's what I want to look at with you and think about tonight. Questions or concerns about anything we talked about last week or my little preamble there before we dive in? You'll have questions and concerns in a minute, but I mean before we dive in. All right. Okay, well, let's think about spanking for a, for, for a moment here. And when I say spanking, we're talking about uh, corporal punishment. Spanking is a loving act for a parent. Some people might be shocked to hear that. And certainly some of the things that I read would tell you that that's not true. But when I read the Bible, I find that it cannot be successfully contradicted. Spanking is a loving act by a parent, certainly under the right circumstances. In Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12, Solomon says, My son, and of course he's talking to not necessarily a physical son, although it may be, he's talking to young men who are under his tutelage and influence. He says, My son, despise not the chastening of Jehovah. Here he's talking about God correcting people, and he says, Neither be weary of his reproof. Now listen to it. For whom Jehovah loves, he reproves, even as a father the son in whom he delights. You see, correcting a child is something that a parent who loves his child will do. He says that the father chastens the child in whom he delights. And uh, we should keep that in mind. Correction is just something that a person, uh, a parent who loves his child will do. That doesn't say explicitly anything about physical punishment or corporal punishment, but look at this. In Proverbs 13, verse 24, the Bible says, He that spares his rod hates his son, but he that loves him chastens him betimes or quickly. He that spares his rod hates his son. Now, that's not hate in the strongest sense. That is the idea of being emotionally indifferent or detached. 
if you were to see a child who was doing something that merited punishment and you did not do that, you spared the rod, if you will, then Solomon says the problem is that you are indifferent toward the child. You don't have a delight and a love. You're indifferent. You're basically saying, well, the child can do whatever they want to do and whatever happens, happens. That's an indifferent kind of attitude. Now, when he talks about chastening here, what is he talking about? This is more explicit because he says the rod, he that spares the rod, that is a connection to the chastening or the correction. So he's clearly talking about physical correction in this case. He says the rod is the suggested tool for bringing the child to duty and obedience. And he says that those who love their children will chasten them or correct them betimes or quickly. Now that suggests to me that uh, if a child merits uh, a punishment, physical or otherwise, uh, that the punishment ought to be given and not incessantly delayed the way that some people will say, you know, if you do this again, uh, you're going to get in trouble. And then they do it again. And then you say, if you do this again, you're going to get in trouble. And so somewhere after the 15th or 20th time, the parent decides to do, no, he says, do it quickly. If correction is needed, then you issue the correction and you do that quickly. Uh, I'm going to come back to something about the age of a child when this kind of chastening might be appropriate. But he says that uh, physical or corporal punishment is something that a loving parent will do, certainly when the circumstances uh, merit it. I don't know what's happening with my, uh, there it is. All right. In Hebrews chapter 12, uh, if you look at that passage, it's interesting. He, he sort of, there's a correlation between God's correction and the correction that parents make with their children. And he's making reference to the fact that those who have read his letter here, um, they are used to being chastened by their parents. He writes it so that the illusion that he makes doesn't make any sense except the people who receive the letter are used to parents who correct their children. And uh, that would include physical correction. Now, what's the reason for the correction? See what he says here. He's talking about them being corrected by God, but he's making the parallel with the uh, parents correcting their children. He says in verse eight, but if you are without chastening or correction, whereof all have been made partakers. Everybody knows this, he says. So as some people today wouldn't know this, but he says everybody knows this. Everybody has gotten a spanking at some time or another. And if you have not, then he says you are bastards and not sons. You then are illegitimate. You then are... Uh, the kind of person that your parent is dispassionate about and does not love you would disown you, he says. And so the writer's idea here is that a parent is chastening a child that he cares about. And if a parent refuses to do that, then that is a sign that he does not indeed love the child. And that's the same thing that Solomon said. Then he says in verse nine, furthermore, we had the fathers of our flesh to chasten us. And we gave them reverence. We respected them because they restrained us. And if it required physical restraint, they gave us that. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? The word chasten has to do with restraining someone from wrongdoing. It has to do with returning someone or reducing someone to duty and obedience. 
And he says, if you don't have that, then you're not loved. Hebrews 12, verses 10 and 11, this kind of goes along, this is part of that same passage, but he said, for indeed, for they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed good to them, but, for, but he for our profit. Now, what's he saying? Some parents are spanking children uh, for reasons that may not be the best, but God chastens for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. And look at verse 11. All chastening seems for the present to be not joyous, but grievous. Yet afterward, it yields peaceable fruit to them that have been exercised thereby, even the fruit of righteousness. What's his point? Um, As God designs it, chastening is supposed to help people be more righteous. It's supposed to help people remain within what he considers acceptable bounds. Okay, so what's the point here? I'm saying to you that as God conceives it, properly implemented, spanking is a loving thing to do with a child. The Bible describes it as the the proper use of corporal punishment as a God-sanctioned act of love. And Christians, you think about this for a moment. As much as we might be motivated to do what God wants us to do because we want the reward we are also motivated to avoid what he doesn't want us to do because of the specter of punishment. God uses both, and parents ought to use both also. Um, I would not suggest to you, first I told you, I consider spanking, uh, it's not to be used in a vacuum. Spanking is something more like a last result, a resort. Uh, And so there there are plenty of other things that a parent might do. And you're going to talk to the child. Maybe you're going to scold the child. Maybe you're going to do the time out and all that. But uh, at a certain point, wayward children should be chastened. And that would involve corporal punishment according to what the Bible says. That's just one of the tools that God gives to parents to use. And so uh, it is a loving thing to do if done the way the Bible lays it out. Questions or thoughts about this, please? I'm going to take that amen. All right. Spanking is instructive. Spanking is instructive. Uh, If you have a child, a small child, and your small child uh, picks up a fork or some kind of implement and tries to stick it into a socket, of course, you're supposed to have a cover on a socket these days, but when I was growing up, they didn't have that. But your child goes to try to stick something into the socket. Tell me, tell me. How are you going to help a two-year-old to understand that that is dangerous and ought not to be done? i tell you what you could do. You could sit the two-year-old down and try to have an adult conversation and explain to the two-year-old how electricity works, right? You could chase the two-year-old all around the house all day long, making sure they don't do it. Or a well-placed pop on the behind when they go to do it. So they associate doing that with pain and they say, not a good idea. Spanking teaches. Spanking teaches when it's done the right way. Proverbs 22 and verse 15, the Bible says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Question. Solomon is, uh, other than Christ, he's the 
the wisest man the world has ever seen. For all his mistakes, he had tremendous wisdom. Um, you think he would have had the capacity to sit down with a child and convince them to avoid all the dangerous things that children might do? Like if, if somebody had the capacity to do that with small children, maybe he would have. But he says, I tell you what's worked for me, the rod of correction has worked. And here's what I would suggest to, uh, to anyone. I've seen this happen. I see it like maybe out in public, you know, you're at the store or something like that, where I see people trying to reason with children who are not at an age where reason is going to work. The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Foolishness implies a weakness of mind. It implies a lack of prudence. Foolishness implies a degree of rashness in behavior where people do things that don't make great sense. And the Bible tells me that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And so one of the reasons that a parent might spank a child is because the child lacks the capacity to reason through things and completely understand things that must be done or avoided even though they don't understand yet. A child runs out into the street chasing a ball and you are trying to tell the child that that's not going to work and you know in your mind what the end result of that kind of negligent behavior is. You know what the end result of that is. They have no concept. Well, here's the deal. Uh, whether you fully understand it or not, this can't be done. And just because I can't convince you that it can't be done doesn't mean I'm going to let you learn that lesson the hard way. And so the rod of correction is the recommended tool. Uh, you should understand, I do, that children are going to be rash, right? We understand that. Um, and so sometimes I was, I started to say this and I, I got, I uh, sidetracked myself there, but sometimes what I see is people uh, trying to reason with their small children. And I think to myself, now the Bible tells me foolishness is bound up in the child's heart. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? You cannot try to reason with a three-year-old as if they were 30. You cannot try to reason with a five-year-old as if they're 15. It's just not reasonable. It doesn't make good sense. And so parents should know this and expect uh, that they cannot reason with children the way they would reason with adults. Children don't understand like adults do, and they shouldn't be expected to, but that doesn't mean they cannot conform their behaviors to the boundaries that their parents give. They must. It's unsafe if they don't. And so the Bible says that the, uh, the rod of correction is, is a tool uh, that could be used in that circumstance. Now, I want to look at Proverbs 17 and 10 because I think there is a principle that we should keep in mind with this. A rebuke enters deeper into one that has understanding than a hundred stripes into a, into a fool. What does that mean? If I'm talking to someone who does have good sense, then my verbal rebuke and my explanation will do more good for them than a stripe. See, there is, a, there is a transition that has to happen with children. Spanking is something that's appropriate for smaller children. If you want to spank your 16-year-old, you you're going to have an episode because they might take you, right? 
you should be able to talk and reason with an older child, though it's still a child. The older the child gets, the more you should be able to talk and reason with them and, and, and uh, obtain their compliance to whatever the rules are that you have. Uh, and so it's the kind of thing that should be progressively used less. It should be progressively used less because you're not going to spank your 18 or 19 year old, right? Um, and so I think that principle uh, gives us some guidance. The Bible says uh, that we should chasten children when they are yet young. See here again, that's not a, that's not a hard number, but that tells me at least in principle when this should be employed more liberally. Um, it will be more effective with younger children than it will be with older. And so spanking is instructive. It actually teaches, and it's my job to teach, and I will use the tools that God has given me to do the teaching. Restraining children from foolishness is part of parenting. And by God's design, corporal punishment or spanking is a vital tool in training them. And so parents should bring their children into subjection, and that will include spanking when the behavior merits it. Uh, but the parent knows that the child will better understand later some things that he or she doesn't understand now, and the parent understands that spanking is one way to help them understand better. Make sense or no? Um, I don't tell, I would never tell them somebody, you know, when they should spank their child. There are many factors in there, but what I would tell everyone is you make a mistake if you throw this tool out of your toolbox. God gave it to you for a reason. So spanking is instructive. The third thing I'd point out to you about this is that spanking is corrective. Uh, that is to say, not only does it tell people, young people, what the right behavior or the wrong behaviors are, but it actually has the benefit of helping them modify their behaviors. It actually changes people's attitudes about what they're doing. Uh, with my kids, I, I have never enjoyed uh, spanking them. I almost feel like, you know, at times you forced my hand. I said, boy, I look at the position you're putting me in. Now I'm going to have to spank you. You know, I don't enjoy this, but you know, I'll give them a warning first. And one of the things I say to them sometimes is, you know, what I'm saying doesn't seem to make any sense, but if I give you a whack on the behind, then it's going to make perfect sense. It corrects behavior. It corrects behavior. And the Bible tells me that in Proverbs 23, verses 13 and 14. Listen to this. Withhold not correction from a child. Do not fail to correct your children. Now, is that clear or not clear? Do not fail to correct your children. And then he becomes explicit with how. For if you beat him with the rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with the rod and shall deliver his soul from Sheol or from hell. Now, what's his concern? What's his concern? See, here's what some of us will do. It's, I don't want to spank my child, okay? And I don't want my child to feel physical discomfort. So to let myself off the hook from doing what God wants done, I'm going to suffer this child's behavior that God doesn't accept. That teaches my child a lesson. 
that they can do things that are not acceptable. I've told you, I've showed you, and you're going to do it anyway, and there is no real consequence, so I can do what I want. And if you don't correct that, then you will not deliver this soul from hell. Listen, you, you can't go through life thinking you can do whatever you want to do and there's no consequence. If I don't spank you now, then the police will knock you upside the head when you go out in the street. I mean, listen, you have to obey the laws. You have to obey the rules. And there are consequences. And some of them, you know what? They're physically uncomfortable. Um, hell is going to be physically uncomfortable, too. And so I'd rather discourage you with this degree of physical discomfort than the kind of, well, it may not be physically discomfort, uncomfortable because we don't have the physical body, but you get it. The descriptions of hell are that uh, they're very uncomfortable, very unpleasant. Listen, you can learn this lesson now or you can learn it in eternity. I would prefer that you learn it now and not in eternity. When I look at these verses, there are some important principles that I'd like to emphasize. You see, he says, if you beat him with the rod, he will not die. Friends, that helps me to understand that there are some limitations on how you use the rod. You are not to use the rod in a way that could potentially inflict serious injury. Uh, I'm going to use it in a way that's uncomfortable, that's painful, but there's a difference between someone hurting and someone being injured and the objective here is not to injure. You guys understand the difference between injury and pain. The objective here is not to injure. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Um, you know, some people didn't get this memo because they strike their children with their hands, they strike their children with closed hands, they hit their children in sensitive parts of the body. Um, you know, I have... Uh, I've seen the cases, you know, where people didn't get this memo. There's a way to lay your hand on a child when it's appropriate, and there's a way not to. My recommendation here is you should, you should realize that God has designed a child's body in a way that it has what I call the perfect landing spot for a swinging belt. I mean, it's perfect. You know, this particular area doesn't have any vital organs in it, right? It's got extra cushion. It's got extra cushion. And so the child can lay across the bed or lay across the lap, and you can not withhold the swinging belt, and you'll never do mortal injury if you restrict the swinging belt to that area. It's perfectly designed by the Lord, I believe, for that purpose. Um, and so I, I make that recommendation. That verse teaches that for sure, that you have to be very careful how you might, uh, how you might discipline. But it is corrective, right? Proverbs 20 and verse 30, stripes that would cleanse away uh, evil and strokes reach, or strikes cleanse away evil and strokes reach the innermost parts. What is he saying? What is he saying? You know, there are times where talking to people is not going to get it. There's times where talking to people, they're too stubborn, they're too hard. And we all have this, right? They're too stubborn. They're too hard-headed. They're pushing the limits. They, they're intent on doing what they want to do. And they're daring you to stop them. Um, 
And in a circumstance like that, uh, strokes will reach the part of the mind sometimes that words can't. It's a tool in the toolbox. It can be corrective. It can help a person change their actions and their attitudes. I want to look at uh, Hebrews 12 again, uh, point this out. This idea about it being corrective, spanking can be corrective. Look what he says in verse 11. All chastening seems for the present to be not joyous, but grievous. He said, don't spare the rod for the child's crying. I mean, listen, if you're spanking the child in the area God designed for that purpose and the child is just screaming bloody murder, man. I mean, the child is just weeping and wailing and you're just thinking the neighbors are going to call on me because of the way this child is calling out. He says, don't spare for the crying. It doesn't seem to be joyous at the moment. In fact, it seems grievous. It's the worst thing in the world at that moment. But then he says, afterward, it yields peaceable fruit unto them that have been exercised thereby, even the fruit of righteousness. It's not about this 10 seconds here. That's not what we're focused on. It's not about this temporary discomfort because this is going to pass. What he's saying is what we're interested in is what this can produce in the person's life. This kind of correction can help a person be more righteous. I tell you something, um, a child who crosses lines that have been clearly drawn, parent is given instructions, parent is given the right example, and the child is not following the instructions, is not following the example, lines have been clearly drawn. And child knowingly uh, goes outside the parameters that have been set they have a different kind of respect for a parent who will corral them if need be in this way. There's a degree of reverence that comes along with knowing that uh, you're subject to punishment, even if it means physical punishment, uh, than knowing that you will escape from that. So like we have a respect for God in part, Jesus says you don't fear those that destroy the body, but you fear those who can destroy the body and the soul. You fear God. You respect him because you know what he can and will do, at least in part, at least in part. And the same would apply uh, for parenting. Uh, and so I make this, uh, this observation just about the corrective part of it. The aim of all parents should be to meet their children in heaven at the end of the world, right? I mean, listen, I, I'm hoping that I'm going to precede my wife and my children in death. That's my hope. But I'm also hoping that I will see all of them in heaven one day, right? So I have to do whatever I need to do to put them in the best position for that to happen in this life. That's the aim of disciplining your children. And if that includes spanking, then so be it. Corporal punishment will help parents to do that. Uh, not all children are the same, by the way. Uh, some children are more responsive to verbal commands. Some children are more responsible, responsive to uh, time out or whatever other kind of discipline it is. But you know what? Even those children from time to time may not be as responsive as they need to be. And so spanking children is not about teaching them that we don't want them to annoy their parents. Right. You, I sometimes will say to my children, you know what, man, you are upsetting me. You are upsetting me with this behavior. But I'm not going to spank you because you're upsetting me. Um, I'm not going to spank you because you're annoying me. See, that'd be inappropriate. The spanking is not 
for me, the spanking is for you and your benefit. See, if you ever get that out of, if you ever get that out of sorts, then you're doing it wrong. And so spanking is not to teach them not to annoy their parents, but you know what, if you give them an instruction that they're not following, then that might annoy you, but that's not why you would spank. It's about helping the children to understand the eternal consequences of disobeying God, which every parent is charged to do, right? I tell my children, listen, when I don't do what God says, I get in trouble with God. When you get older, you're going to have to do what God says or you are going to get in trouble with God. In the meantime, you get in trouble with me. I'm trying to teach you a lesson here. You just, there's always consequences. You're always accountable. And at this point in time, you're accountable to me and I'm accountable for, to God for how I handle you. There's going to be a point in time where you don't have to account to me. You'll account directly to him and it's going to work the same way. That's what the discipline is about. And spanking is a part of that because, you know, God has to chasten us a little more sternly sometimes than he does other times. Tell me if this doesn't make sense. Tell me if I'm misreading the scriptures. I know we hear stuff so different in the world, but the Bible just can't be more clear. Uh, this is a tool that parents ought to have at their disposal, and it should not be cast aside as if it doesn't work. Yeah, it works. God knows what he's doing, and it does. So I make these observations, and then I want to make a couple of recommendations. Uh, there are many uh, aspects of disciplining children, right? As I said, the lines ought to be very clear. So we should talk to them first. We can take away privileges. We can do all these different things. And I don't suggest uh, that any of that uh, should be tossed aside. Each aspect has its proper time and place. And I'm suggesting to you that corporal punishment or spanking is part of a regime of discipline that should be deployed when the circumstances merit it. It teaches children the need for obedience, and it teaches them that there are sometimes dire consequences for disobedience. Hey, listen, do we need people to know that there are sometimes dire consequences for disobedience in this world? Do we need people to know that? If we do want them to know that, then when are we going to teach them that? When they're 25? When they're five? They're going to go through life knowing that if we if we will teach them that I want to make a couple of suggestions here. I'm always sensitive when I talk about this because I don't like to be misunderstood. As I said, um, you have to be very careful how you put your hands on another human being, uh, even though God authorizes parents to spank their children. Uh, there is a way that that should and should not be done. And so I'm always concerned about people abusing their children. So, for example, um, as I said, you don't put your, your hands on your children in anger just because they're your children. You can't put your hands on anyone in anger. That'd be sinful, and it'd be sinful if it's your child as well, just because they're smaller than you and um, they're beholden to you in terms of their upkeep and so forth. That'd be inappropriate. So I make these suggestions, and there are more, but I, I guess I could make, but I just want to make these at least to make sure that you're not misusing the authority to spank or to use corporal punishment. You don't want to abuse. And so spankings are not a first resort in correcting behavior. Nope. Uh, God doesn't uh, start off, you know, by opening the ground and swallowing us up. He doesn't, go to the, he doesn't go to the nth degree here from the beginning. He talks to us and he corrects us and we have opportunities and ultimately 
uh, we would wind up with something more severe if we didn't listen. The second thing I'd say is we need to make sure that the punishment is rational in design and degree. It would be abusive to spank a child for something that really doesn't deserve that degree of correction, that degree of response. So the idea of the punishment fitting the crime. Uh, what I do, and this I'm just telling you, nobody has to pay this any attention really, but what I do is if I have to spank my child, uh, either one of them, then before I begin, I know how many times I'm going to hit them with the belt. Before I begin, well, you're going to get five for that. You know, I know that in my mind so that I don't get carried away, so that I don't get worked up. I mean, the punishment is this, and that's going to be the punishment. And if the both of them are doing something, it's this for you and the same for you. You know, now if you do something more severe, then it may not be five. It may be eight. It may be 10. I mean, it's just, but I know in my mind what this is going to be so that I can make sure that it's not being motivated by some factor other than what they have actually earned. I want there to be some uh, consistency in terms of the design and the degree. Also consistency with and between children. Now listen, I know no two children are exactly alike. Um, however, something that merits punishment for one, if it's a rule for the both of them, it should merit punishment for the other. Um, now, circumstances may not be exactly the same. You know, this is the first time I've had to tell one something. This is the 10th time I had to tell the other. I get that. But if you spank on the 10th time for this one, then this one shouldn't wait till the 20th time, right? You've got to be consistent in how you treat your children, uh, at least as far as that's concerned, because that can really create some problems if you treat them differently for reasons that don't merit disparate treatment, if you follow what I'm saying here. Sometimes we tend to be more lenient with one than another for reasons that really don't merit different treatment. Um, and this is a lesson that I learned kind of early on. Reaffirm your love after corporal punishment is used. You know, your children may get the idea if you don't explain to them what is going on and why certain things have to happen, they may get the idea that you don't care about them, that you don't like them. And that never crossed my mind until I had to spank Caleb when he was really, I don't remember, he was probably three years old or four for something and I had to pop him or something, something he was doing. Might have been a little older than that, I don't remember. But when he was getting ready for bed, um, Jenea was tucking him in. I just remember that because that's usually something that I do. And she didn't tell me until the next day that he said something to her like, does dad still like me? He made some comment like that. See, that just never crossed my mind. But when she told me that, I felt, I mean, I felt horrible, right? He went to sleep thinking, nah, listen. So I explained to my children, listen, guys, this is what's got to go on now. This is why it's got to go on now. Now you spank, I'm going to spank you. Go ahead and cry. Lean on dad's shoulder and get it out, bud. Go ahead and cry. I mean, now we can commiserate together that this has happened and we just both hope this never has to happen again, but it's not because I'm disliking you or anything like that. So you need to reassure your kids uh, that you love them and, and that you still like them and care for them and so forth. Okay, well, that's our time. I appreciate your patience. Thank you.